The views expressed on Teacher Vision are those of the interviewee and interviewer and do not represent Screenlance Allies as a whole. Hello there, and welcome to Teacher Vision, where everyone has a different vision of learning. Episode number 27. This is the penultimate part of the interview with Mr. Bill McCann, founder of Dancing Dots. If you've made it this far, then thank you for listening. On this part, we're going to discuss everything accessibility for the blind. First, we'll start off with the future of Dancing Dots, along with some advice for blind individuals that are either going to be in business or going to be in music. And this advice actually also works for people in general. So stay tuned. Also, we get to hear his thoughts on Auto-Tune. All that and more on the penultimate part of the interview with Mr. Bill McCann right here on Vision by Screenless Allies. What is next for Dancing Dots? Do you have any big upcoming projects? We have some ideas for improving good feel. I want to do some things like a lot of times the end users who read the Braille are young musicians and they don't know the full range of Braille signs. In Braille music, they might know notes and rhythms and they might know octave signs, but they may not know what mezzo forte means musically or even in Braille. They may not understand dynamic marks or accents or, you know, some of the nuance of scores. So we're talking about making a dialogue that basically you could check or uncheck the symbols that your student knows so that you don't confuse them early on when you produce something from a file that has all those nuanced signs in it oh that'll be handy yeah so we want to do that we want to do some version of six key entry into line because now you can you can write music with it but you have to type on the pc keyboard or on a musical keyboard but there's no way to say i'm going to enter the dots for quarter note c and line will interpret it and put that quarter note c on the screen in print music and would this be just for braille displays or would it also be for like the pc keyboard that you could do you know? on the pc keyboard like the way duxbury does it for you know was it jkl and jkl and sdf that's so the could, that's the equivalent on the qu- keyboard is what that keyboard. is the qu- yeah. keyboard that's pretty cool so you're still focusing on the actual notation software braille music actually what would you recommend Lime for? If anyone asked you, hey, the Goodfield Suite, would you recommend it for novice musicians, for everyone in general that wants to be a professional musician that wants to learn notation as well? What would you say Goodfield would be recommended for, the Goodfield Suite? Well, I think the profile of the typical user varies from whether you're sighted or blind. If you're sighted, and most of our users, I'd say, are sighted, it meets your need if you have a blind student in band or orchestra or chorus, and you want them reading Braille music as you should, because if they're reading Braille in history class or math class, they should be reading Braille in music class. But anyway, you can get that Braille material, Braille music material to them much faster and much more easily than ever using our software. For the blind people, we have people who benefit from the software, who get Braille scores from it. And then we have people who actually use it themselves who are blind. So for the kids who benefit from it, it's a way for you to actually get your flute part or what have you way before the concert instead of, you know, the week before or 
two weeks after the concert's over. And then for the more advanced students or other people who have the technical skills to use a Windows computer and JAWS or even NVDA now or even Narrator, you can use the Talking Score feature and actually not only read scores in Lime that other people made, you can make your own scores. So you can enter your ideas into Lime, print them out, and give them to a sighted guy to play. Which is pretty nifty that you can do yeah. that, for sure. Mm-hmm. You've definitely covered all that. Now, we're going to start with some messages. What is the message that you would give people that are totally blind that want to start a business? I mean, a lot of this stuff is not necessarily blindness related, but I think especially if you're blind, you want to form a team as quick as you can. Because one of the things about entrepreneurs is that they have a lot of a lot of what our Jewish friends call chutzpah, right? So that right. you have a lot of nerve. You're like, you know, I can do this. And that's good. You should have that attitude. I can do this. But then you also have to temper that by saying, I'm good at certain things, but I'm not good at everything. I better connect with some people who are really good at other stuff and build your team. So you got to think about the team. And then you've got to think about what it's going to cost you to do whatever this thing is you want to do. Right. Because, you know, we talked earlier about it's really important when you start a business to have some cash to kind of get you through before you start actually making money. But that's only one of the costs. The other cost is you're going to spend a lot more time working than most people do and most people want to do. Right. I pretty much work six days a week. I try to take Sunday off to keep my sanity. But, you know, it's not for everybody, I guess is what I'm saying. You may not have the temperament. You may have an idea for a business, but it may be better for you to maybe form your team and have other people do the business and maybe you're more outside of the day-to-day stuff. I don't know. There are lots of different ways to do it, but I think it is important to kind of do an honest inventory of your own skills and say, I'm, for example, for me, I'm pretty good with music. I love music, actually. I learned to program and I like to program, but I realized pretty quickly there are way better programmers than me. Albert's a way better programmer. Albert's an electrical engineer, my business partner, and other people I've met up with over the years, they have different skills. You want to find people who have complementary skills, I think is the word, and you want to let them do what they do best and you do what you do best. I like that advice, actually. If I ever wanted to start a business, I'll definitely take that into account. How about for the people? I think that was the embossed repair business you were talking about. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, I know. So get a technician. Hire your first hire is a technician. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, sir. Now for people, and you actually kind of covered this a little bit, but for people, kind of a little bit more in depth, for people that tell you, Mister Bill, I want to go into music. What is one thing that you would want them to? remember before they go into this two things come to mind first of all you know our son is all our kids are musically talented and our son was thinking of going to college for music and my wife and i are both have been professional musicians she much more than i she's played with the philly pops and the ballet and different groups and she's a super musician but what we both said to him was well music is great and performing is great until you have to do it it's not just let me get up and sing you guys a song it's like Okay, you got to be there at eight o'clock. Here's the music, you know. <laughs> and, right. And it turns into a business. And so you got to be ready for that. He's 2020. The blindness thing is not an issue here. But I like to tell blind musicians, especially kids, you know, they're wonderful kids and they have a lot of talent, but they're students, you know, but they have talent. But sometimes because they're blind and because they're around non musicians, 
to non-musicians, if someone can sit down and play the piano, it's magical. It doesn't matter if the person's sighted or blind. It's like, wow, they're doing something I can't do, right? Right. But then, especially when it's a blind person, I think it gets out of proportion. And sometimes the blind person may be kind of unaware that, you know, there are a lot of people who can do this, what you're doing. An extreme case I'll tell you about is a kid that I was blessed to do a Braille music camp kind of program for blind musicians in New Orleans back in 2005 mm-hmm. with the late Henry Butler. Henry was a wonderful guy. So Henry taught the kids. We had 14 blind kids. He taught them jazz improv. I taught them music technology, pretty much our software. Right. And we did some recording. We did some Braille music stuff. I coached the kids in a couple ensembles, I think. And then I got to play on the stage with Henry Butler. And sadly, that recording of that performance was one of the casualties of Hurricane Katrina that came in two weeks after we left New Orleans. But anyway, there was a kid there, and she was a nice kid and everything. She was from a small town out in Louisiana, and she had perfect pitch, and she could play the piano a little bit. But she couldn't get through, like, the beginner Bach pieces. She just couldn't start and play it from top to bottom. And she was upset with us because we were having a performance and we didn't want her to play because we didn't want her embarrassing herself. Right. And we had a long talk, but here's what came out of it. It turned out, Henry said, well, how much time a day do you practice? Oh, maybe 15, 20 minutes. Okay. What kind of pieces are you working on? Anyway, we had a long talk. And what I came down to was when you turn the radio on and you listen to a piece of music you like it doesn't matter what style it is the first question you say to yourself is not wow i wonder if this person is blind no you say i like this tune wow listen to the great guitar player or great engineering or whatever it is but that's me so it doesn't matter to the people listening if you're blind or not you're at a stage in your life where Everybody around you and your family is giving you a false, for all the best reasons, but they're giving you a false sense of your own talent. And right. Especially if you have perfect pitch, you know, which you do. I mean, it's a great gift, but it's not going to put you on the radio. What's going to put you on the radio is practice, 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 and then getting together with the right people and all that career stuff. Right. But nobody cares if you're blind. I mean, bottom line, nobody cares if you're blind. If you can't play, if you can't play, they don't want to listen to you. You know, so <laughs> right, right. Um, we we just have to acknowledge that, right? And right, it's something you run into. Like I've met students who's you know they have perfect pitch and they've been kind of pumped up to the point where like yeah, you know, it's almost like they have the superhuman talent. It's a wonderful talent. You know, somebody can play something and you say, well, that's a B flat seven chord. Wow, but. I was talking to this kid recently who's in high school and he mentioned he had perfect pitch and he wasn't sure he really needed to learn to read music in Braille, but he wanted to go to college for music. And of course, I'm encouraging him to learn it. And I got it down to this. I said, you know, let's call him Johnny because I can't remember his name and I don't want to say his real name. But Right. Okay, Johnny, do you know that there are a lot of sighted people who have perfect pitch? Oh, really? Yeah. And a lot of them are students like you. And when the band director finds out they have perfect pitch, he or she does not walk over to their music stand and take the print music off the music stand because, oh, you don't need this. You have perfect pitch. No, that's silly. You have perfect pitch, but you still, you know, we still want to give you the information. Here's what we want you to play. Here's where you get louder. Here's where you get softer. Here are the notes that are accented. That's all the stuff you get from a Braille music score. Or a print music score. And whether you're blind or sighted, you really deserve to know that. 
information. At one point as a kid, before I met you, I actually wanted to be a musician, but mm-hmm. then everyone was like, no, that's a very niche market. You're not going to make money out of it. So, <laughs> well, I you took, know, <laughs> I took it as a hobby instead. And also you were saying that, you know, nowadays you got to have all this to be on the radio. Sir, I hate to say this, but nowadays all you got to do is have auto tune and you're going to be on the radio. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a whole discussion too. I mean, people are coming across as singers and, and they basically sing into a microphone that corrects their pitch. And of course, then that became a whole sound in and of itself where they overcorrect the pitch to where you sound like a robot. Right. So Personally, in theory, I don't want to hear robots singing to me, but <laughs> well, you know what? Nowadays, now I know if I want to ever make a song, all I got to do is just correct my pitch mm-hmm. and then put it online. And there you go. <laughs> yeah. But mm-hmm. no, seriously, though, that also makes sense for sure. And I do appreciate you, you know, giving that advice for people that are musicians. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Teacher Vision by Screenless Allies. See you on the next one. Meanwhile, you can check out our website at screenlessallies.com. S-C-R-E-E-N-L-E-S-S-A-L-L-I-E-S.com. Check out our Facebook, facebook.com slash screenlessalliesofficial. And most importantly, please tell your friends about us. And if you have any suggestions or comments or questions, you can definitely email those to info at screenlessallies.com. We'll see you next time. And thank you for listening.